I'm Chris Lindstrom, and this is the Food About Town podcast. As a quick prelude to this week's episode with Jill Chodak from URMC, she's a registered dietitian and somebody I've come to really enjoy following on Twitter. Um, I have a lot of content coming out this week and probably into next week with people from uh, the new Rochester Food Net, some interviews and discussions about how we're passing our time, how we're cooking, and talked with Jill about nutrition and you know how how everybody's handling everything around where she is as well. So I uh, hope you enjoy this episode and stay tuned for more. I'm trying to provide some content along the way over the next coming weeks while we're all stuck at home uh, doing our part to control our uh, exposure to any viruses. So enjoy this episode and more to come on the Food About Town podcast. Enjoy. Well, it's a beautiful day in Rochester outside, although there's not many people outside. Uh, kind of thankfully, kind of not. And I am on a remote call with Jill Chodek. How are you today? I'm good, thanks. How so, are you? I mean, I'm doing as good as I can be in times like this. So uh, we are recording in the time of the in the time of the coronavirus here in Rochester and the country and the world. Um, and we're going to talk talk a bit about nutrition, talk a bit about cooking in the time of this and how to kind of balance your life a little bit. And no, none of this is perfect. And we're not going to be perfect talking about it either, because this is <laughs> it's a very personal thing. Yes. Uh, everything going that. on right now. Um, mm-hmm. But before we go into that, you just mentioned that the kids are out playing exploding kittens right now. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, I've been following that artist for a long time, uh, Matthew Inman from The Oatmeal. I don't know if you've ever... He's from The Oatmeal. Yeah, the oh same guy. Gosh. Oh, yes. I love The Oatmeal. Yeah, so same same guy. And that's his amazingly popular uh, card game, right? Yes. So, I've... so it's the it's the big kid and the little kid. It's Adam, my husband, and my son, <laughs> who's eight. <laughs> You're playing it, and it's. I feel like it's appropriate right now. It kind of lightens the the heavy mood, and is also fun. And we're trying to take advantage of this this Sunday, if, um, and it's the circumstances. So it's it's kind of a it's kind of a perfect fit. Well, absolutely. I think that's also an important thing, and we're we're not going to be, we're not going to try to be dead serious. And all the recordings I'm going to be doing in the upcoming days. Uh, I'm going to be recording stuff with the Rochester Food Net people, recording stuff with other people, my friend from Boston. And we're we're going to be, we're going to talk seriously about things. I'm not a scientist. I am not a doctor. I read as much as I can to be up to date and try to uh, communicate positive and appropriate information. Uh, I ask people to follow uh, people like uh, your husband, Adam Chodak, uh, Evan Dawson, um, you know, the CDC people do the proper things in our area to understand what we're in for. But we're going to talk food stuff and we're going to talk fun stuff because people need something to something else to focus on. So um, first, I guess I'd like to understand a bit about your background um, and your background and credentials and why we're talking today, kind of. 
Sure. Um, that's a good question. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how far back you want to go. Oh, just let, let's, where, where, where'd you kind of start and how did you end up in the nutrition side of things? Okay. Uh, so I started actually in TV news. That's how I met Adam. I was a television news producer for about five years. Daytime or evening? Oh, uh, both. So I was daytime at first, then I was the morning show producer in Syracuse. Um, at then Time Warner Cable, which became uh, Spectrum well, News, News Ten now first. Then it was Time Warner Cable News. Then it was something else. Now it's Spectrum. Right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So yeah. So it was all those, but it, so it was the first one iteration of that. Okay. And then I and then I did the morning show in Boston for a little bit. Um, at uh, WCBV there. Okay. And then I got out of the news business because I was kind of burning out. To be honest with you. It seems like that's a pretty common thing, to be honest, in that in that side of things. It's very intense and brutal hours. Yeah, and I mean, you probably see that um, on my, that's going to be my dog. Of course. <laughs> this goes without um, saying. So uh, you, you probably see that a little bit on my Twitter. Yeah. But um, that's why I have a deep appreciation for, sorry, he'll stop soon. No, no problem. For the news folks is because I was a TV news producer, so we were behind the scenes kind of pulling it all together and um i i feel bad for them i i commiserate i know how hard it is i know um what it takes and i i stepped away kind of at the right time just for my health but then i was like okay now what and so i had originally gone to school um for chemistry i want to be a chemistry teacher oh beautiful uh-huh and i loved it i just didn't want to get in the lab so i kind of just didn't have any anything to do with it so I stepped away did broadcasting and then um and we ended up in Colorado for Adam's job and I started working at Whole Foods I was a cashier at at Whole Foods and was like okay I just want to um work for a company that I value their values Mm -hmm. and I had a really amazing mentor there and he showed me the kind of the way oh hey nutritionist chemistry body chemistry all this other stuff so I started my path and then I was like listen if I'm gonna do this for real I gotta become a dietitian because it's too serious of, of stuff that I'm, I'm teaching. I want to know and have the credentials to um, teach people what they need to know. So yeah, I really, I really appreciate that part of it because I think nutrition and diet is, it's such a loaded topic. Yeah. And so few people, it's, there's so much anecdotal thoughts and things that work temporarily in all these other directions that people go in that having the scientific background to really discuss it is so important. And we, with how much information is available to us on the internet from people with all sorts of different experiences that may work for them individually or appear to work for them individually. It's there's, it's just so overwhelming yes. to see all the information out there and how do you make good decisions for yourself? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I really heard it. And I think it goes back to, which is why I appreciated your question of where did I start? Um, kind of one of the jobs as a producer is to take an obscene amount of information, like just overwhelming pieces of information and compile it in such a way that it makes sense for your audience. Mm. So kind of piece it together. And I feel like those skills kind of translated. I'm not trying to sell myself by any means, but honestly, <laughs> like if I'm dumping an entire career where I, I allocated student loans, I want to use it. Right. Absolutely. And so um, I feel like it does serve me well because 
for exactly what you just said. There's a ton of nutrition noise is what I call it with mm. my patients. There's a ton of noise out there. And I try and use those skills to take in that noise, process it, sort through it, and then make it relevant or factual for my patients, which I think is very important right now because it is so individualized with nutrition. So what worked for Aunt May might not work for you. Or Uncle um, Ben or Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or Spider-Man. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> Peter Parker. I mean, it's all different. Of course. <laughs> um, so so yeah, the, the nutrition, but what what about nutrition really really grabbed you as the one thing around health to focus on? Because it's there's so many different aspects around health that hmm. you could dive into. What what about nutrition kind of grabbed you? That is such a good question. Um, <laughs> and to be honest, I've thought, I've thought about it a lot. And the long and short is that I love food so much. So growing up, my mom kind of didn't really, I'm not trying to trash my mom by any means, sorry, mom. <laughs> um, but she didn't really allow me in the kitchen yeah. too much, even though I really wanted to be there. And I, I love um, kind of the results that you can see from playing around in the kitchen. Um, and I experienced, so when Adam and I met, I did not know how to cook and neither did he. And so it was, I wish that we had like video of our first like <laughs> cooking sessions together. It was horrible, horrible. But I, I, I binge watched the food network, which basically taught me how to cook and just over and over again, trial and error. And, and I kind of love that about cooking. Is which that is, it, which is the one that, which is the one that hit you the most on the food network at that time? Ooh, um, Who was your favorite? There, Okay, so I loved Giada De Laurentiis of course. and Barefoot Contessa. Yeah, so different, but they they both had a very specific uh, approach to food that you could see the differences too. I those passions kind of came out in their own way. Yeah, like and and they were. Um, relatable and reachable, I guess. Mm. Um, because I started watching Giada, gosh, back in the day. And I'm of course. Myself, when she first started, right, where she wasn't as polished as she is now. Um, and so I could relate and kind of going to that chemistry roots. It's like, I like experimenting a lot. And I feel like I, I took the nutrition route to kind of answer your question. It's yeah. like, I took the nutrition route because it has a component of it that's a little bit experimental, um, which I like. And I like seeing results. So I'm very, again, going back to that science, that scientist in me, I want to, I want to play around, um, but in a way that won't do harm. And I want to see results and I want it to be impactful and helpful in people's lives. And so that's kind of what took me there. Yeah. There's very few things that are as directly impactful and you're right. Results can be so, so prominent and really quick in nutrition versus almost anything else. And yeah. it's, it's, it's staggering. And I'll, I'll talk a little bit about my stuff along the way, but you do. Yeah. So I guess let's, let's talk about what some of the big themes are in nutrition right now. And what are the things that you've been, I don't want to say what are the things you're pushing and what are the things you're pushing against right Ooh, now in nutrition? Yeah. Okay. So I'll start with what I'm pushing because positive. Yeah. 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 Like, so we have a whole body of evidence over the past 60 years that has shown us that we need more fiber, that fiber is beneficial for us and that we're not getting enough. 
and that it's relatively easy to consume and it will benefit us from in preventing chronic illness and all this other stuff. Um, and it's, it, there, it's uncontested. No one will contest that fact. Um, and yet here we are. And so it's kind of like a crusade, if you will, of mine where um, I really am trying to individualize and help people to, to get more fiber. Because yeah. I think it's one of the things if we can, fo- and then what I'm pushing up against goes to your original question, which is the, the minute little details that we tend to fixate on to um, kind of distract ourselves from the simple things that we can already do. And so um, whether we subconsciously do it or not. Yeah. And so, you know, focusing on the fiber is very big picture, very vague, very abstract, which is intentional because we can tailor it to who, whomever or whatever is at play. Whereas um, I find that a lot of people come to me because they're so overwhelmed or they're or not getting um, enough supportive care or whatever, whatever it may be. And they are focusing on the small things like, do I need, need this much zinc? how much, let me count my percent macros. Um, let's do focus on these hormones, um, which can be relevant. Like, let's be honest, like it can be relevant in of some course. cases, but it's, it should be on a trained professional versus a person who's just trying to live their own life in their kitchen. And now they're trying to do this extra stuff. Yeah. Well, let's, let's first talk about some of the tangible benefits of fiber. And then let, then we'll talk about cooking, at home, because that's kind of one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you is context of what are what are the benefits of doing this? And then let's talk about especially now, how to cook at home a little bit. And we'll yeah. we'll both jump in with our thoughts about that. Cool. Um, so what, let's talk about the tangible benefits of fiber and how it's, you know, how it works inside the body. Sure. Okay. So fiber, it comes from plants. It's not in animal products unless they add something. So if you think about like a yogurt, it's an animal product. So it's not going to have fiber unless they add like blueberries to it, right? Then it might have some fiber. So fiber is a carbohydrate. And so I want to stress that because when people say, um, oh, I'm, I'm avoiding carbs, um, it, they generally mean starchy things. And in fact, um, you know, eating like vegetables are, are carbs. Fiber is carbs. This is a good carb. This is what we want. Um, and so you asked kind of what does it do or why, uh, why is it beneficial? Well, several reasons. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it kind of is like a scrub brush for your colon. This is going to get real, real. Oh, real, I love real fast, it. Okay. Let's, All let's right. Okay. So it. it promotes bowel health. Um, so that's the first one that a lot of people know, but so, um, if we're thinking about preventing colon cancer or, um, I have a lot of patients with diverticulosis or diverticulitis, um, you want a high fiber diet because it keeps things moving. So nothing gets infected or inflamed and whatever. Right. And that, that could also be the difference between soluble and insoluble fibers, depending on those kind of conditions as well. True. And I see that. And, and that's one of those things that depending on your clinical conditions, you may or may not want to focus on that. And, and like, and we're, so, we're, we're going to try not to get too far in the weeds about specific yeah. nutrition. But, but that is a thing. That absolutely. is a thing. And that's kind of why bananas can stop you up or, um, you know, loosen you up. Absolutely. They have both types of fiber. Um, the, another thing that, that we're finding, and again, science is evolving. So some of the stuff we didn't know until recently where it's, we hear a lot about the gut microbiome, those good and bad, potentially bad bacteria, but we hope good mm-hmm. um, bacteria that live in our gut and our t- intestinal tract. Those um, need fiber because fiber has pre and probiotics. So when you eat high fiber foods or a high fiber diet, you're having, you're ingesting without taking an actual supplement capsule or whatever, you're, you're ingesting 
both the beneficial bacteria, but also the beneficial like prebiotic food that they need to survive. So that's a huge benefit. And we're actually um, now finding that it's tied to mental health. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, because it's, and I think that that's kind of the pivot to talk about, talk about food and what kind of foods are higher in fiber. And I think it's a, the, the secondary point you brought up is getting it via real food versus mm-hmm. supplementation. And let, let, let's talk about high fiber foods, because I think for me, I, I always want to see people eat real food versus eat things that don't have it and then pop it in afterwards. Yeah, I think it's a good point. And I mentioned this with my patients. So like, look, if you're, if you're popping Metamucil because um, someone told you to, or it feels good or it's working, cool. Metamucil is just a way, it's um, a soluble fiber that people take and it can help kind of keep things regular. That's cool. I'm still waiting on the science to show that that actually like works or doesn't work, but nonetheless, it's okay. I'm not hating on any one thing. That said, if you can get fiber from food, you're going to get the phytochemicals, the antioxidants, the, all the vitamins and minerals from that food in addition to the fiber. And as a chemist, I'm thinking, okay, what chemical reactions are we missing when we just extract one thing and pass it off as, okay, this is the thing, right? right? Cause context is so hard to understand scientifically. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if you look at, and I'm going to just go off for a second, when, when you talk about <laughs> foods that are typically high in fiber, there's so many other nutrients that come along with them. These Most of these foods are rich in other things because we haven't stripped them away to reduce that. We're talking about whole foods that happen, most of them, and I'd say the vast majority of them, are chock full of other good things. Yeah. And I, you, to answer your question, like, what are some foods high in fiber? I mean, I don't have like a running list in my head, but I have a No, of course. <laughs> I have my general favorite, and I, um, since we follow each other on Twitter, you probably see my obsession with tacos and beans, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Who doesn't like tacos? <laughs> right. So beans, I mean, and my eight-year-old loves when we talk about beans because of the song, right? <laughs> okay. Yep. Of course. And so they are, though, magic. Because Absolutely. Because if you have one cup of kidney beans, it's 16 grams of fiber per like six, per cup. And so to give you perspective, ge- uh, the general population needs about 25 to 30 grams of fiber a day. So if you have one bowl of chili, like one cup of beans, you're halfway to your fiber goal and you've done one thing. And so um, in addition to that 16 grams of fiber that that one cup has, it also has calcium and protein and potassium and, you know, all these other things. So, well, yeah, because protein, protein is one of those things. So personally, I've been eating vastly close to vegan for the last six months and people always talk about protein. It's all the time. That's all they want to talk about right now is protein instead of the balance that comes with eating whole foods and other things like that. Um, yeah. I mean, I've, I can't, I can only speak again, speak to my personal experience yeah, please do. instead of clinically, but I've never, I've, I've felt better recently versus a long time because I've been eating whole foods, lots of fiber, lots of greens, uh, things like that, that have all these other supportive uh, supportive nutrition along with them, but making those good decisions about what to eat from beans to whole grains mm-hmm. versus what we've generally become accustomed to here in America, which are polished grains. Mm-hmm. 
your white rice, your pearled barley. Not that most yeah. people are eating pearled barley, but <laughs> um, yeah, or white bread, you know. And so yeah. it's so my kind of approach. I think you're exactly right. And so my kind of approach is like. I white pasta. It's like a non-negotiable for me. I'm eating white pasta. That's what I want. I don't like whole wheat pasta. I'm not trashing on it. I good, love good it. quality. Hopefully white pasta, please. Yeah. It's the kind they like used in the white house during the Obama administration. Ooh, like, see Checo or whatever it's called. Ah, ah, Di Checo. Yes. Well, yeah, there Delightful. you go. It's my favorite. Well, except for flower city. <laughs> oh, flower city pasta is the, the yeah. John stat over there. Yeah. It does good yeah, work. He's so we, we, and I think we're actually having that tonight where we got some fettuccine. Oh, so. beautiful. Good to support um, local businesses right now. Yeah, absolutely. Totally. We're trying. But so, um, so kind of talking about what you were saying is like, it's really individual. In this case, I'm telling you my anecdotal because I'm a human, right? So yeah, I practice course. clinically, but I also have like anecdotal, like human stuff. But it also and, helps to relate to people. I think that's yeah. something that a lot of physicians and, you know, trained medical people forget that having a relationship with your patient makes them understand what you're saying so much more. Yeah. And it helps me to understand and hear them too. And so like for me, so I usually relay this to them where it's like, I'm, I'm having white pasta. It's non-negotiable. It basically is just a refined carbohydrate that offers no fiber. It's just kind of a, a catalyst for what I um, want to put on it. So we'll do, we'll add fiber in other ways. So there is a way to work that out where you, um, you know, get what you need and also what you want. And it's just a matter. And I actually found out after, I think it's 13 years of marriage, 14, 13, don't tell them, <laughs> uh, that I was always adding beans to our pasta, like, because hello beans. Beautiful, of course. Yeah, I love it. So I'll add some cannellini beans in there and like some red sauce, whatever. Adam hates it. Oh, he told me this year, 13 years. Come on. This year I found out. <laughs> I mean, I mean, chickpeas. I mean, what, what another great ingredient to add into a pasta sauce. Yeah. But so apparently we're we're not doing that in our household, and I will figure out another oh, way. Oh, <laughs> boo! Well, let's yeah, let's let's talk about that. That's a great it's a great vehicle to talk about cooking at home. Um, yeah. you know, cooking with cooking with pasta and making a sauce around something that could add fiber and nutrition. Mm -hmm. So one, I'll go counter to you and say yes, whole wheat pasta, and if you're if you're gluten free, other pasta-based things. They make chickpea-based pastas. The lentil pastas are pretty good. Lentil too. pasta. Yeah, absolutely. There's other different ways to get, you can get into fiber and that side of things. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to actual cooking, talking about sauce and what you can add in there, there's just an infinite amount of ways to make it yours. Um, yeah. You know, using, using real tomatoes that aren't sugared up like crazy. Mm -hmm. um, adding greens, great thing to do. I totally. use a lot of greens in my cooking. Yep. Um, we like to add broccoli sometimes too. Absolutely. Like, and you can actually kind of steam it when you're pouring the pasta over it so that it like steams a little bit and it's, it's so nice. Yeah. All, all those kind of things, any sort of green thing you're, you enjoy and it doesn't matter. You don't have to like every green thing. Um, but <laughs> any green thing is good to add in there. That's almost all of them have fiber in one form or another. Yeah. Um, well, I'm thinking about, and I always say this to my folks who come in is when I say, try to add fiber to your diet, your daily diet, right? Like your daily eating pattern. It's not like I'm saying eat a salad every day. Like yeah. if that's your jam, totally do it. Absolutely. But, but if you hate salads, don't then say, okay, I need to get more fiber. I'm going to force myself to eat a salad every day because it won't work. 
And so it's like, okay, think problem solve it like you would anything in your life. Just, okay, I know that I should eat fiber. These are the things that have fiber in them. What do I like? And so usually I send home a little list of like, it's like six pages of kind of the fi the fibrous foods that are kind of um, well-known. And then I suggest to the family, hey, highlight, take this to your family. Everybody get a, pick a color for your highlighter and everybody highlight what they like. And then go from there. That's, that's a great idea. Start, you know? Well, it's a great idea because there's so many things that people get accustomed to, but you look at, oh, you know, Italian American food doesn't have any fiber in it. And then you look at greens and beans as an as an exciting example that people love. But then you, how do you translate that into something else? How do you move those kind of things into the other part of cooking? Yeah. Which well, can be kind of fun. Playing around with it. And I know a lot of us don't have time um, and we're are overstretched or specifically now with the quarantine, we don't have access to fresh food fruits and vegetables or canned stuff or whatever. So it, it, it can present some challenges, but I think if you think about it, going back to kind of what I said before, if you think about it, like any other problem in your life or at work where, where you've tried to stop sitting down and reflecting on your actual obstacles, what are my obstacles now? How do I, um, how do I jump over those hurdles is, is key. Absolutely. What do I want to do now? Not what do I want to do two years from now? What do I, what, what do I want to do now? And what can I do now? Yeah. One, I think probably in, uh, I'm going to be talking a lot about this with other food people about how to cook staples at home, mm -hmm. dried goods. Yeah. Uh, I've been doing a lot of cooking with dried beans, actually, just oh, so I can, right. so I can store them, um, store them, cook them, make them the way I want them. Yes. Uh, canned stuff is super convenient. I a hundred percent recommend people use canned stuff if they don't want to go through the effort of cooking dried. Yep. But in times like this, if you are stocking up, um, Going to places, I, I don't, I don't shop at Wegmans very much. I'm a terrible Rochesterian uh, <laughs> on that side of things. But in times like this, where you see shelves that are empty, um, when you do go out to shop, because we all need to go out to shop still, going to, uh, for me, I shop at Asia Food Market. I shop at Spice Bazaar, the Indian yeah. and Asian grocery stores down in Henrietta. You can get so many high fiber, high nutrition things in those places. These are, I, I'm not going to generalize too much, but look at Indian food, the diversity mm -hmm. of flavors, the interest, the contrast, but almost all the different dishes are chock full of nutrition, fiber, and interesting flavors. Yeah. Well, and that's a great point is like, if you think about culturally, um, because they're using a lot of plant-based foods, they have to rise to the occasion with their spice profile, right? So they're relying on spices to flavor their meals versus like fats, which generally will impart flavor, but um, in my opinion, is a little bit easier to do, right? You slap some butter on anything and it's going to taste better. Yeah, of course. <laughs> like to be honest. Absolutely. Um, or cheese. But will it impart the nutritional profile that you want Probably not, or it will, but in a different way. And so I think kind of as you are exploring and, and relaying is like, as you migrate toward adding more fiber and eating more plants, you really do have to kind of trial and error experiment with what spices do I like? How do I add them? What does this look like? And where is the flavor coming from? If I'm, if I'm taking away something like cheese or butter. Yeah, absolutely. So I think as we, as we start to wrap up, I'd like to talk about the other part of nutrition 
and the other part, enjoyment and all the other things. And I'm going to use a term that's exceedingly popular online that I generally have distaste for, but in this, <laughs> in this time, I think it's important to talk about is we're all stressed. We're all anxious right now. How do we, how do we figure out self-care and balance with the stress and anxiety that comes with the world we're all working through right now? How do, how do we balance all that in times like this? And I know it's a big philosophical question. No, I appreciate you asking. And I think I, I love that you're reflecting on that. And I've been seeing that a lot too. And um, I think it's a conversation that we all need to have. So I appreciate you bringing it to the table. Unintended. <laughs> <laughs> um, so <laughs> let's, I like to start foundationally. So let's kind of build a foundation, right? Mm. So a lot of us, and this involves the environmental factors that we often don't think about when we're talking about food. And it is a crucial part of eating. It just is. And so what I've been su suggesting as a foundational um, kind of thing to think about for my folks is, okay, what's your eating pattern now? Maybe you're, it's changed because you're at home or you're with your kid or you're running around or you're working at a grocery store or you're working an overnight shift at the hospital lay it out there. What, what's your new routine first? Second, okay, how am I eating during that new routine if that's new? And I would suggest if um, you don't have a routine or plan for that eating, I would suggest you make one. Be realistic about it. Um, it's going to be different for everyone, but like the general suggested pattern that I have is like a breakfast, a snack two hours later, lunch, a snack two hours later, dinner, and then maybe a snack before bed if that's your, how you roll, right? Mm -hmm. So just carving out time. And then when you're carving out that time, think about where that's happening, right? Because a lot of us have been talking about stress eating or, or stress not eating. Or, you know, and there, people have been toying around with, oh, I'm gaining this much weight um, while I'm isolated or not or whatever. Um, <clears throat> just be mindful of that with yourself. Don't beat yourself up. If you Be kind, right? There's a lot of stress and anxiety. Um, don't create it for yourself around eating. Like we need to eat. We need to be mindful about it. So what's my routine like and where is it happening? Yeah, I think that's that's an important thing to think about. And something I was, you know, I had a stressful job at work over the last, you know, year or so. And controlling part of that has been really comforting for me. Um, but you're, it's it's the balance between the control you're placing on things and... Right now, sometimes, yeah, you, you really want something comforting that, that you love. And I, I try not to feel bad about um, going down to the going down to my wine storage area and having, you know, pulling out a great bottle of wine and having some and yeah, I mean, enjoying and so part of things. Guilt has no place on your plate. Yeah. I say this over and over again to myself. So it's like, if you make a mindful decision, we're human, make the decision mindfully do it and then let it be. Because if you carry food guilt throughout the day, it will add to your stress pile. And that's just something that we don't want to do right now because there's already so much. And so um, I, I, there are people who speak about this, this intuitive eating better than I, but it's something that we really try to embody and practice is it's food is food. It should, it should be a very important integral part of a person's life, but it shouldn't be all consuming, right? Like if you're, if you're all consumed with 
all the things that you're eating all day and all the feelings that come with it, it can become a little bit overwhelming as you were kind of saying before. And so kind of checking it. So it's like, okay, I've had breakfast. Um, obviously food insecurity plays a huge role, right? I'm talking about people who are food secure at this point. Yeah, we are, we are talking with the privilege of not having to worry about where our next meal is coming from. And that's always a big part of that. I recognize in our community that, that not everyone is at that place right now. And, um, but so speaking for those who do have, do know where their next meal meal is coming from. Okay. I've had breakfast. Now I'm letting it go. And what else am I going to focus on? I'm not going to continue focusing on lunch or the snack or whatever. I'm going to go do something to feed my soul, feed my community, feed my family, you know, like metaphorically speaking. Yeah. Well, and I think that's the, you know, we're all, we're all trying to do our best right now. And I think if you can, it's making positive, making positive decisions around food, positive for you. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's going to be, you know, hey, I'm going after it. I'm having I'm having something rich. I'm having something just to soothe the soul. Chicken wings for me. Oh I'm man, I love chicken wings, baby. I love them so much. Um, <laughs> but it's it's making making good decisions and if you can feel balanced in the way you're eating, if you can add fiber to your diet, if you can do these things while you're while we're all dealing with this, I think you can you know, have that control, have that positivity in what you're doing. I don't know. I think it helps personally. It's, it's helped me, you know, controlling those kind of things and eating that way. But I don't think we're, we're not trying to say this is, there's only one way for everybody. And I think that's the important thing I want to leave with is making this personal to you and making mindful decisions about how and why and when and what and, how much you you're eating. Balanced. You said it the, the best. It's it's all about the balance. Yeah. And yeah. It, it's it's such a such an important thing right now in general is being balanced about everything and trying to yeah, we're we're all going to be stressed, we're all going to be worried, but most of us are going to get through this without as not too many scars and let's let's be as balanced and positive as we can and try to do positive things along the way is you know, that we can, we can all work together on, which. Yeah. I mean, kind of like feeding your belly and feeding your soul. Yeah. It's like, what's going to feed your belly. Okay. Now what's going to feed your soul. If it's helping the community after you've fed your belly, do that. Yeah. I I think that's a great, that's a great way to leave that is, um, and I'll probably leave that with a lot of my talks is how can we all help everybody else right now as best we can. And not everybody has the reach. Not everybody has certain skill sets, but everybody has something to contribute and think about how we can all work on doing that. I think it'll make us all feel a little bit better about where we are today. So. Agreed. So anyways, uh, Jill, thanks so much for, for calling in to the show today. And I'd love to chat more about this one. One, we can do it in person Two, We have more time (laughs) to dive into these things, but one, go spend time with the family. I hope you enjoy the time you have the extra time you have with the family. Thank you so much. And thanks for having me. It was great to chat with you and definitely look forward to many future chats to come. Sounds great. Talk to you soon. Peace. All right. Bye. Bye.